In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, me and my brother James are going to discuss the top NBA prospects in the Big 12. I'm going to go off James's list. We're going to trade opinions and thoughts because I'm sure he's got some wild opinions that I'm going to wild. that I'm going to disagree with. So stay tuned to hear James's thoughts on his top prospects in the Big 12 Conference. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And my brother, James Barlow, is in the building. He got the 712 jacket. Shout out to our brother, Cam. This is clothing line, 712. And, and we're just happy to do the Big 12. Now, we didn't plan on matching. I told him to come by the crib and record. And this is what I had picked out. I mean, it's chilly, so I can finally wear long sleeves. But I mean, of course I can change, but you know what, man, forget it. We're just gonna have on the same <laughs> black and red for the day. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you go to prizepicks.com and use the code, and it has to be all lowercase, if you use the code LOCKEDONNBA, you can get a first deposit match up to hundred dollars now I want you the listener to like share subscribe comment that is the best way to go to YouTube channel all right James what's going on man it's been it's been a week yeah um, I don't think I've seen you since I got maybe no we did an episode since I got back from Madrid I'm still getting adjusted about to go out to Paris I think next week I'm gonna watch T John salon okay and check him out but we're gonna talk about the big 12 you're not high on the, the talent or, or the depth of talent in this conference. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that's that's fair. That's accurate. Uh, there was one standout to me. Um, and, you know, the other guys are talented, but it's just one particular player that stands out to me. And we'll see how his season goes. So who stood out to you the most? Oh, Marco Jackson, man. See, that's 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 I'm my guy. That's That's the guy that I like the most. I did see they had a a game against Illinois a couple of days ago, maybe it was yesterday, and he didn't really put up big numbers. <laughs> you see, here's my thing, though. I don't know if Kansas might have been the best choice for him. Because yeah, he's, he's on a deep team. Yeah, it's a deep team. Just get loose. Yeah, he, he might have – I think he might have been better off going to, uh, you know, a smaller power – a lesser-known power five to, you know, to get his stuff. Take the Trey Young route. You know, where, you know, I'm still the man. I'm still a five-star recruit. But this is this is maybe a football school here. And I'm the biggest fish in the pond. And I'm not trying to live up to a legacy of Kansas basketball players. But, um, you know, prior to, you know, the, the, the game, like I, what I've seen from him, uh, I like him a lot. I think he is a lottery pick. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm high on him. I feel like I probably was higher on him than the consensus. I put him at, like, top – Five-ish. I think I've had him at top five. But he got the burst. Burst. Ooh. He has the burst, speed, athleticism. He can make plays above the rim. Yes. He defends. I mean, I think he has everything that you want out of a modern point guard. Yeah. And that's why I'm so high on him. But I, I agree. On one hand, he's not going to be able to get get loose and get, get busy at Kansas. He's going to play a, you know, a very team 
it's going to be a very team system where, you know, everybody's going to share the ball. Right. On the other hand, I look at Lyle, right? He chose somewhere where he's going to be coached hard. He chose to go somewhere where they're going to hold him accountable, make him play defense. And obviously he wants to win. So he went to a school where they're expected to make a deep NCAA tournament run, compete for the national championship. And he chose that over stats so i mean i can't really knock him from that point from like a scout's point of view or gm point of view but then it's like i want to see him get the keys i mean i get it you know being coached hard like that's cool but i'm not trying to deal with that for a year like it's to me i want to be put in the best situation to prepare me for the nba and is kansas going to do that for him I mean, again, winning is very important, right? But again, are you going to get those pick and roll looks? Are you going to be asked to? Because again, if he's if he is what we think he is, top five, top seven pick, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be drafted to a lottery team, right? You're going to be asked to make reads, make plays, and develop. And at Kansas, is he going to get those same opportunities to do so? Or are no. we going to are we going to have him go to school here? to fit our system. And it's kind of the same situation that we already see with Elliot Cadeau. He's not starting right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still preseason. It's preseason, but, I mean, you know, hey. All right, who's the next prospect that caught your attention? Um, I like Omaha Blue for... So you'd have him as your second best prospect in the Big 12? Probably right now in the Big 12. Again, it's, it's a little early right now. James went to Iowa State. I went to... Let me, yeah, yeah. So look, <laughs> he went to Iowa... I, I went to Iowa State. Shout out to Iowa State. Hilton Magic. Uh, hey, that's the coldest city I've ever... Oh, for been. sure. There's no, no trees. trees. <laughs> yeah, There's that wind, wind just swirls yeah. around in the middle. It's, I felt like... That was the coldest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out to the women's basketball. To Coach Finley, I appreciate what you did for me when I was out there. But, yeah, Omaha Blue. His name is Omaha. We're from Omaha. Right. He was yeah. born in Omaha. He was born in Omaha. Yeah. He's playing at Iowa State. I mean, those are green, you know, flags for me <laughs> right now. But uh, in all seriousness, no, but, like, you like his motor, right? Yep. Uh, and he's not just a motor guy. Like, you see some skills there. Uh, he'll he'll shoot the jump shot. He'll put the ball on the ground. To me, he looks like the ultimate ultimate connector piece that you would like to find late in the first round. And again, it ultimately, um, we'll see how his production holds up at Iowa State. You know, they let you get loose out there at Iowa State. Uh, but I, I like him a lot. I think he is a late first round pick right now. You know, things could change. I don't know about. Um, him having like ridiculous upside, but that's to me not what this draft is about. So he just looks like the ultimate like connecting piece to me. Plays hard, make jump shots, should be able to attack, close out. Um, yeah, he's a solid, solid player, and you know, going to Iowa State, and his name's Omar. <laughs> For me, I just think the he'll need to show a little bit of consistency playing the wing. I think you don't that, think he's a four. I think he's a four. I mean, I think he's a four, but I think. To help boost his draft stock, if he could show that he could be like that wing four that can make some plays out on the perimeter, knock down shots. If he's that four that handles the ball, I mean, he can, but I'm just saying, like, if he can show they can handle the ball some and, and maybe someone sees him as like this hybrid three, four instead of just a natural four, I think that will, that will help him out. But I do think, I do think he's a little bit undersized. 
yeah. at the four. So that's what I'm saying. If he's going to be undersized four, then maybe show a little more wing skills, which I think he has it. But I just think it's going to his draft stock is going to depend on how much of that he shows, and then also. Um, how well he shoots the ball. Yeah, I mean, if he can shoot the ball at a high clip, you can get away with playing the four with having minimal wing skills. So you have him as your second best guy. You think he's a late first-round pick. Yes. So, the, so how many guys do you think are first-rounders in the Big 12? I think right now, from what I've seen— Your list is way off from mine already. That's fine. This is this is a strange draft. So, like, the first round, may, it, it could be, to me, it could be 15 through, like— 45 could be at the same level so like getting a first round grade ultimately doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things just because like a lot of guys are even it's just that kind of class so i think um well i think they might have four from what i've seen so far it's early so i got el marco i got omaha i think jacoby walter will get a first round grade and uh, if, you know, I, 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 I watched your boy, Missy, and I'm, you know, kind of on the fence on him right now, but I see it. I see it. And if there's ever a draft for someone like him to be selected in the first round, it's this draft. All right. When we return, we're going to talk about the two Baylor guys that I think are, I think they could both be lottery picks. James, if you're watching on YouTube, James made a face that he disagrees. But I'm going to explain why I think the two Baylor guys could be lottery picks and why I'm so high on them. Stay tuned. All right, before we get into the second segment where I'm going to talk about the two Baylor guys, I want to talk to you about none other than Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. James is a huge Price picks guy, he put me on it, and it's addicted. It, it's, it, I can see how you can get addicted to it. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and basically you're just predicting or projecting if they are going to score more or less than their projections. All right, so tell us about your latest prize picks Man, entry. Look, look, I'm just gonna shout out two guys: Asura Thompson, rebounds, assists; Jalen Duran. Points, rebounds, assists. That's that's all I gotta say. So so the Pistons guys have got you got you some money. Yeah, look, the Pistons the Pistons guys come through. And like for example, when when the players that you pick and you get it right and they come through, you can win up to twenty five times your money. Again, twenty five times your money. All you have to do is go to PricePicks.com/slash locked on NBA. It's got to be lowercase. But if you use the promo code locked on NBA. You can get a first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com, locked on NBA. You can get a first deposit match up to $100. All right, second segment. We left off talking about a couple of Baylor players, Jacoby Walter, a guy that is from the Dallas area, so I've had a chance to, to watch him play. There's some people that think he could be as a mid-lottery. Some people are really high on him. I think that he could be a late lottery pick. I see the scoring upside, but I like his passing as like a secondary playmaker. What are your thoughts on Jacoby Walter? Um, you know, uh, digging deep into it, I watched this Trey Young uh, tape 
when he played AAU ball this uh, the last summer in 2022 for Team Trey Young. Yes, for Team Trey Young. Played with Dink he Pate. played with Dink Pate. I wasn't overly impressed with his shooting. Like I see the I see the athleticism, I see the range, um, I see the talent. But ultimately, I was just kind of like disappointed with his efficiency. I did see some playmaking, but at times I did see a lot of tunnel vision. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it works for him at Baylor um, because, you know, yeah, Keontae was the last five-star guy that they had that they let get loose. So it'd be interesting to see how it works for him. Um, some people say they held Keontae back. That's fair, too. <laughs> yeah, because... He looks a lot. I think he's built for the pro game, pro game, but he looks a lot better at as a professional than he did yeah. at Baylor. Now he's lost some weight, and he's not dealing with the ankle injury. Yeah, but it just depends on who you ask. Some people feel like they held him back a little bit. That's fair. Um, but like I just you know looking at his splits, he didn't shoot well from the three point line. He shot thirty six percent from the field, and uh, but he did like overcome that because he was a <laughs> he was a foul merchant. As some people would say, so you you like that aggressiveness. I understand jump shots come and go, you know, streaky. I I get that. And again, there's nothing mechanically wrong with his technique. I just would have liked to have seen um, more fish, better efficiency from him. But again, you'll live with the free throw attempts. I think he shot what 26 for 28 percent from the three point line. So it's like uh, I, I'm I'm questioning his shooting ability. So one of the things that I have in my notes was I thought he was a, a good shooter. I had some concerns about the athleticism. You didn't think he was athletic enough? I thought he was a, a good athlete. I didn't think he was, like, a great athlete. So for me, I have that he is – well, I, I put that I didn't think he was, like, an explosive vertical athlete. And I didn't think that he had, like, the ideal first step to get by defenders whenever he wanted to. I did have some concerns about his shot selection, but I liked his positional size. But to me, I didn't have too many concerns with him because when I look at his stats at Link, he shot, like, 45% from the floor okay. at Link. And the three-point shooting wasn't – it wasn't bad. It was, like, 38% from three on 135 attempts. So I thought that he was a better shooter than the numbers indicated in his last season at AAU. But I think that he's good. I mean, I have him at good positional size for a wing. I like, I like his, his frame, broad shoulders. I think that his court vision and feel is advanced for a 6'5 wing mm -hmm. because I think in, in today's NBA, with a guy like him that at his size, he can be like a secondary ball handler or he can be the guy that can run secondary pick and rolls. So I like that. But I thought that, I mean, he's a good shooter. I think that he has the offensive creativity to be able to get his own shot off the dribble. A guy that late in the shot clock can go get you a bucket. And that's mm -hmm. something that, that I really value. He does get to the foul line. I think he has upside to be a three-level scorer. Okay. That's why I'm high on him. And also, something that stood out to me was that we usually have a guy that can score like he does. That is usually paired with bad decision-making. That's true. With Walter, even though I did say that the shot selection is a little bit of a concern, but he had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio, 
and he can shoot on the move. That is something that that I value, and that's why I like him. You know, him having a positive assist turnover ratio is a, a very, very positive thing to have at this age. Because a lot of the guys that I've looked at, we've been looking at, especially the ball handlers, they don't they don't have that right now. And no. it's again, you're the man. You know, you're the most talented kid on the team, most talented, talented kid on the floor. Like, you know, you're going to take some tough shots. You're going to make some tough decisions. But, like, for him to have that, I will give him props for that. I wanted to see – I see the talent. I didn't see the deficiency. But, again, if you sit here and say he shot better at link and he was more efficient at link, and maybe we just kind of meet halfway there. And, again, guys get better. Yep. So, it's like I see the upside there from him. But, you know, the thing is to me with shooting is that, like – Man, it's hard to make it as a wing if you can't shoot. And sometimes that's what it just boils down to. So, Man, I saw Thompson can't shoot. He's making it. And you know what? He's making it, and it's early. And we'll see how long that they'll be able to play him 35 minutes a game with him not being able to shoot. But maybe it changes when Bogdan. Boyan. Boyan. Wiggleless Bogdanovich gets there. But, I mean, you know, is Jacoby Walter that kind of – Swiss Army knife, Alsor Thompson is. I know didn't. I know you didn't mean to make this an Alsor Thompson comparison, but like those guys find a way. I don't know if that's who he is. Though. Yeah, I mean, I think Walter has a role as like a playmaking wing slash secondary ball handler that can knock down open shots, but he can create his own shots. All right, Sfee Missy, I'm high on him. I'm really high on him. And you, you're not seeing the vision right now. I'm not. It's cloudy. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so tell me, tell, tell me your thoughts on. Look, this man. Look, Svi, Missy. He looks like he's still learning how to play basketball. And I know most bigs, a lot of bigs at this age, is you know bigs develop late. I get it. He'll make a play. He had a couple plays at prolific prep. He caught the ball, drove, spun right, sweet left-hand hook. And then he'll have a play where he just slapped both his hands together and slapped his chest because he couldn't catch the ball. So, like, I don't know if his hands are the best right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're big and you can't catch, good luck. And maybe that's why Aiden Holloway wasn't giving him the ball like that. I don't know. (laughs) Because, hey, man, you know. As a rec league point guard, man, if my big can't catch me, I might have to eat some of those pocket passes. But um, I see the talent, right? But, again, it looks like he's still trying to put a lot of it together. And, again, if there's ever a draft for you to swing for the fences on a guy like that, it's this draft. I'm just saying he's not my fifth best big. Or even sixth best big in this draft right now. Hmm. Hmm. All right. When we return, I'm going to share my thoughts on Mr. Messi and why I think he is worth a lottery pick. But before we get into that, let's talk about none other than FanDuel. Because right now, the NFL season is in full swing. So is the NBA. And if you are a new customer... If you are a new FanDuel customer, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. I have to say it slow so you can hear me. $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to do it right now. It's no better time to get into the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting, which includes like point spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NBA season and the NFL season because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and locked on. All right, this is something that I should have mentioned earlier. I should have mentioned it earlier. But the Locked On NBA season preview is here. It is six episodes with all 30 of our Locked On NBA team shows. So if you're not familiar with Locked On, which I'm pretty sure you Talk are, to every single team has a Locked On channel. And you are getting... Whoever your team is, you're getting the best information on your team not only after every game, five days a week during basketball season. So you, I mean, you're getting updated from your team. So all 30 Locked On hosts did an NBA season preview. It is available now from teams that are contending to the tankers. Locked On goes in depth with the biggest storylines heading into the season. So you can catch all six episodes of the Locked On NBA Ultimate NBA season preview on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, last segment. Got a couple more guys that we want to talk about, but I want to finish talking about Sve Messi. I think he's a lottery pick. Tell, I love tell the me NBA. Why. All right, I'm, I'm gonna tell, tell you. Tell me why. why, please tell me. NBA positional size. Yes. Check. Okay. He's long and athletic. Check. Yeah. I see upside of him being a big that can face up and attack. Okay. So he looked comfortable at the elbow, putting the ball on the ground, getting to the rim and attacking. He's agile and coordinated. A little raw, but I think he's going to be an effective scorer as a rim roller and as a finisher. I like the fact that when he's around the basket and he can dunk it, he's trying to bang. He's okay. trying to rip the rim off. He can run the floor. He shows some flashes of promising footwork. I think that's something that can be worked on. I think that he has the motor to where at the very minimum, I think he could be like your big that, you know, finishes with dump offs, offensive rebounds, has great timing on tip dunks. Okay. <laughs> he gets a lot of tip dunks and I think he's going to be a vertical lob threat. Now I get your concern. He's a little raw. He's a lot of raw. He has no shooting range. His feel for the game is still a ways okay. away. He does fall on the floor hey. a lot. Uh, but you know what? I'm not going to say that. That may come off wrong, and I don't want to get aggregated. But Joel Embiid does that. Nah, that's, that's, he does that on purpose. Hey, though. man. Embiid. He does that on purpose. Hey, man, man. you too big to be. 280 pounds, mm -hmm. man. That dude be falling all yeah. over the floor. He does that on purpose. I've heard that, you know, they teach him how to fall so he don't get hurt. I'm not buying that. But, but man, Embiid be falling on the ground. Yo, like, there was a play, was that Thursday? Like, it was a steal. He immediately, like, took a wrestling dive. I don't, I don't like that. I don't but, like that either. But I, I really like Embiid. I mean, I like Embiid. Dem Bona was a guy from UCLA that I felt like he used to fall on the floor a lot too and he got a little bit better but I will say Messi does fall on the floor he does have a tendency to avoid contact 
which is something that I think can be fixed. And the non-dunk finishes. See, and that was my biggest concern because if he didn't have a clear path to banging, he could, it was like he struggled to find, he didn't know where the shooting angles were. And again, I get it. It looks like he just started playing basketball recently and it's going to take time. But like, that's like a big, big risk. And then it's like, okay, you have inside information about him playing well at Baylor. Um, but it's just going to be interesting to see how they develop him there. Are they going to be patient with him? Thinking that, hey, we might, if we, we can, you know, hold him off for this year, he can be really good next year. Are they going to let him play right away through all his mistakes and learn on the fly? I think he's going to be a lottery pick this year. I think that with Baylor's guards are going to get it up. I think he's going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. I think he's going to get tip dunks. I think teams are going to be impressed by his size, his motor, his energy. And if he just shows a little bit of flashes of the footwork. Now, the touch is something that's, I think that's a work in progress or that's an uphill battle. But I just think if he just shows flashes on top of like his athleticism, his size, his motor, and the fact that he is, there's upside there. Like I could see him being someone that maybe averages eight and eight. And he's blocking shots, and Baylor's defense is supposed to be good this year. It has some, some good plays here and there. But then you look at the upside. It's not right. If he's, if he's you know, a double-double threat by being raw, and if he can just add this, I think somebody's going to take, take a shot at him as, as a lottery pick. I have a name for you. You don't have to answer right now. What's the difference between him? And Ike Anigibogu from UCLA with Lonzo Ball. The Lonzo Ball era. Yeah. I so <laughs> I apologize if I didn't say your name correctly. Ike, Ike uh, I know you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. He was a first round pick. He was a first round pick with and it was pure upside slash they made it super easy for him at UCLA because he played with like he played with Lonzo, Lonzo, TJ Leaf. He played with other NBA players. Yeah. And so yes, please if you if you don't have the if that puts you on the spot, I, I don't apologize. think he was as I think he was just like a, a, a raw athlete. I don't think he was as agile and, and, and coordinated. I don't think he had the upside. I think I think Missy could and I don't want to just make this like an all African <laughs> comparison but I think Missy could surprise people like Onyeka Okongu did his freshman year at USC Onyeko looked like he had been playing ball for a while right but people didn't I think was he like the sixth pick he was people, yeah people, he was that was that's fair yeah so but even then you still see now he still has trouble like Staying on the floor due to just like it's feel for the game as far as on defense. Like he's a fouling machine. Yeah. He's I mean, still kind but I of think raw. his role now, because he knows he's coming in limited minutes, is just go out and just <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Make it happen. Make <laughs> go out and just shape. put it hard. He got he got his money, but he's I'm a bad man. I would like to see him in another situation. All right, so wrapping up, there's one more prospect that you have on your list of players that you think could, you know, be draftable in twenty twenty four. Yes. Milan Momsilovic 
Oh, another Iowa State guy. I mean, you know, hey, shout out to Iowa State. But, yeah, there's lots of like him. He's got good size. He's already filled out. Big, strong frame. Um, posts up. He can pass. He uh, stretches the floor. He shoots jumpers. Um, but he is a very, very average athlete. And with him being a very, very average athlete at that size, defense is going to be an issue, especially at the NBA, because you have to be able to defend in space. And um, also just like he's just not the most efficient big right now. A lot largely to do with his um, him being a below being a below the rim athlete. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot to like there from him. As probably, you know, a uh, second big or third big. You think he's I don't I don't think he's a big. To me he's a pick and pop four. Okay, so again that can post up, but I don't think he's gonna but it's going to have to work both ways. Is he going to be able to guard fours in the NBA in space? So, to me, if you can't defend that four, then you're automatically a five. Oh, he's not a five. On defense? He's not a five. All right. I, we'll, I see think them, we'll see if the feet can move. I mean, out. I got him as an average athlete, but he's he's not a five. He's... He's a, a pick and pop four. I mean, he's a guy that's going to, in my opinion, he's going to space the floor. Um, he can attack some closeouts. Okay. Which, I mean, I don't know he's going to be able to attack wings on closeouts, but he, I mean, he's shown that he can put the ball to the floor a little bit. He can score in the mid, in the low post. I think he can take smaller players there, but I don't think that's going to be his bread and butter. I think his bread and butter is going to be as a shooter because he can shoot on the move. He can, like I said, pick and pop. He does have a soft touch around the rim, but I see him as like a shooter slash connective tissue because he can pass, had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio um, when, I, when I watched him play. And, but he does little things like he finds cutters, right. he passes the ball ahead in transition. He just makes really good decisions. So I think he's a connective tissue that can knock down open shots. What? So, okay, let's assume him and Omaha Blue start. Who's guard fives in college? Him or Omaha Blue? Blue. I disagree. I, I just feel like, again, I don't want to make the complexion comparison, but, you know, you look at today's Dario Sarge is a backup five who does all those things that you said Mamsilovich does. Make open threes, can't attack a closeout, can post up smaller guys, but today you're not asking Dario Saric to go out there and defend a starting four. I don't. You're think gonna. He's a, I know, but hold on. But he's a backup because I mean, you know, whatever age and all that other stuff. But as a second unit guy, he's defending fives. Okay, if he's Dario Saric, you'll take that, and you get him in second round. Hey, that's that's a win. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not a win. I'm just saying I think he's a backup five. Because of his defensive, what I think will be his defensive shortcomings. If he has a Dario Sarge career, man, shout out to Iowa State. We got another one. He's 6'8". So is Dario Sarge. You think Sarge is 6'8"? Man, Dario like Sarge, Sarge is, nah, Sarge is not that, he's not that tall. As we try to search. 6'10". Man, is that a Google 6'10", or is that an NBA.com 6'10"? 6'10", with a 6'10", wingspan. All right. So, Mamsilovich is 6'8". Hey, man. Which means he could be 6'7". We'll see. We'll see, <laughs> man. So, so, you think he's a 5? I think he's going to defend 5. I think that's where his advantage is going to be. 
get him in some space, get him defending lesser athletes in the second unit. That's all. You can play the four offense. You can do whatever you want on offenses, but on offense, excuse me, but who do you guard is what ultimately determines what position you play. I, I agree. Second round pick, or you think he's a two-year guy? No longer. Second round pick or two-year guy? Just, you, or do you think he's a one-and-done, or do you think he's a multi-year guy? I think he's a multi-year guy. That's probably fair. Even in this draft, I think he's a multi-year guy. But you'll take that. Yep. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big World Podcast. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow and my brother James. We are out.